0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to not another episode of Locked on Rockets, but a special crossover episode, a Locked on Houston episode, as I am joined by the hosts of Locked on Astros and Locked on Texans, Eric Heisman and Cody Davis. How are you guys doing today? Doing
1: well, man. Thank you so much for having us on. First and foremost, we have been trying to do this epic crossover over the, what, last two months where we could never get our schedules to match up. And now, just like everywhere else in the world, the city of Houston is on lockdown, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus. And now we're able to do this. So a little bit good came out of this, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I, think yeah, I mean, pretty good, right, Eric? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know the first time it was mostly on my side because I had a little vacation planned, and unfortunately, we had to cancel that first time. But yeah, it just seems like everybody has a lot of free time right now. I have no idea what's going on. And by the way, I just heard that the Texans were firing Bill O'Brien. Uh, isn't that awesome?
0: <laughs> I wish. I wish
2: <laughs> April fools,
0: <laughs> right? That's a, oh man, I, I you know for a second, you know obviously we're not getting this pot out until tomorrow probably, but that that'd be that'd be some great breaking news to come back to, and I think you know just again, so for for everybody listening to this, whether you are a Rockets fan, whether you're an Astros fan, whether you're a Texans fan, or a fan of all three teams, or maybe just a couple of them you know, this pod may or may not be your cup of tea because we're going to branch into some territories that aren't just Rockets or just Astros or just Texans. But that's kind of the idea behind this podcast is we want to do a Locked on Houston podcast. So we got all the hosts together and we want to, you know, kind of tackle some of the overarching themes that have been going on with, the, with the certain teams and everything. And I guess that's kind of the first one is that we'll just, we won't waste any time jumping into was Bill O'Brien trading DeAndre Hopkins. And I just... Oh man. I mean, I don't know. What were y'all's reactions when this media, when this happened? I, I, you know, it's just.
2: <sighs> I was uh, outside in a garage cleaning and I saw that the uh, Texans traded for running back. I'm like, Ooh, that we got a running back. Uh, that's good. And then uh, about five minutes later, I saw they traded Hopkins. I'm like, what, what the heck is this? This does not make any sense. <laughs>
1: Man, you know, for me, it actually started, um, let's say, two hours before the trade went down um, because, you know, as with me b- being over here with Locked On Texans, um, I actually have everything on notification when it comes to the Texans. So when I first got up going through my day, I actually saw where uh, I saw a report where the Texans were actually shopping DeAndre Hopkins around in order to try to get like a first round or a second round draft pick. So I didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, this ain't nothing but a room. I mean, Bill O'Brien is not going to trade DeAndre Hopkins, right? Literally two hours. You would hours... think so.
0: But... Yeah, you would
1: think so. It would made matters even worse. I had just published um, the episode me and John did for that Monday. Published it, I started getting on about my day. Next thing I know, I see breaking news. The Houston Texans, just like you, Eric, have has traded for a running back. And I saw it was David Johnson. Now, David Johnson, he is a guy who actually had a pretty good season in 2016. Um, but due to injuries and stuff, he hasn't really lived up to that promise that he showcased. So I was like, okay, well, we need someone to replace Carlos Hyde because due to contract dispute, We knew how it wasn't coming back. And the same could be saved for Lamar Miller, who unfortunately went down with a knee injury during the preseason of 2019. Next thing I know, two minutes later, I see DeAndre Hopkins (laughs) in the freaking deal. I'm like, what the hell is this? And, oh, man, it it was just bad. It it was bad. John, my co-host on Locked on Texans, he was at work. He called me literally 10 minutes after the news. Twitter is, is just blowing up. And it was, uh, it was, it was a sad day. It was a sad day. And to make matters even worse, that pissed nearly everyone off is the fact that not only did you trade DeAndre Hopkins, but you did not get a first rounder in the process. That, that didn't make any kind of sense to me. And you know, me and John really been trying to move along and, you know, just like everything else in life, we try to take the positives out of every situation. But, man, this,
0: this one hurts and it's going to sting for a very long time. You know, it's it's so interesting to me. And the thing, too, and here's the part that really bothered me, at least. You know, and, I like, again, right, my team's the Rockets. I keep up with the Rockets every single day. That's the bread and butter. But, obviously, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the Texans, keep my eye on the Astros. But the thing that really bothered me was how the Texans tried to hide the 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 trade with dhop because they they announced like all those little trades that they did all together in that one little pr release so instead <laughs> of like making a big deal about trading deandre hopkins they just tucked them at the very end of that little pr release and they released it all all the different little acquisitions all at the same time trying to kind of like i don't know tone it down a little bit and i thought that was pretty whack i was like come on if you're gonna if you're gonna pull the trigger on that like at least own up to it like yeah you see the backlash of it you see everybody's pissed off about it own up to the trade don't try and like hide from it I I thought that was pretty weak
1: yeah it was weak but at the end of the day it's going to be the Texans who have to answer why did they trade DeAndre Hopkins now the next day that's when we started hearing rumors and speculations going on that Hopkins and Bill O'Brien did not see eye to eye. Bill O'Brien compared him to Aaron Hernandez. He didn't like his personal life, you know, yada, yada, yada. Look, at the end of the day, I, I, I understand that the NFL is a business. and we, 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 At the end of the day, I understand that no matter what sport you in, it's, it's every time there's a move made, the team always say it's a business. I understand that. But the fact that this guy traded DeAndre Hopkins, you didn't get a first-round pick. No disrespect to David Johnson, and I personally do believe Johnson is going to have a better year in Houston than the last two years he had in in Arizona. I personally do believe that he's going to have a resurgence here in Houston. But at the end of the day, you traded him for a running back that's not even a top-two, top-three-tier running back in the league, and then once again, you did not get a first-round pick. And you traded arguably one of the most talented guys who have ever stepped foot in Houston. Uh,
2: I think the biggest deal is for the uh, casual fans like myself because uh, there are only a few names that we know on that roster, and now you take away one of them—somebody that we've been watching for a few years now—and he just, he, he just, uh, everybody hyped him up, and he was just good receiver. And then all of a sudden, you just trade him because. I think the, the fallout was what really got me is like, uh, I don't know who's leaking information and uh, about Aaron Hernandez and all that stuff, but that was just low either way. I don't know if that was the Texans trying to spin it or something, but it was just a weird situation during a weird time with no freaking baseball.
0: <laughs> and uh, to, I guess, and similar in that light, right. Is, you know, kind of, moving a bit away from the Texans kind of into your market, Eric, you know, we were right at opening day and, you know, didn't, didn't get opening day baseball. So kind of, you know, moving into the season, what were you looking most, most forward to before everything got shut down?
2: I was looking for the Astros to go out there and prove that they don't need to trash cans. And it was more than trash cans, but everybody seems to focus on trash can, but they didn't do that in 2019 or 2000. Oh, well, they did it part of 2018, but I was just looking for them to go out and play baseball because we we dealt with this all offseason ever since Mike Fires opened his mouth to the athletic and then all of a sudden everybody everybody's focus is on the Astros, er, um, everybody's attacking Astros fans and players and you cheated and it just, we wanted to see baseball just so we can kind of put some of this stuff behind us. Uh, we knew it wasn't going away. Uh, every time we go to a new city, uh, the um, fans will boo, the uh, reporters will be asking questions but that 's why the Astros went out there and got dusty baker that 's why the Astros just um, just were going to go out and just play ball and they thought they apologized it wasn 't good enough, and you know, Jim Crane still thinks that it was good enough because he uh, that there 's a lot of lawsuits against the Astros, and so uh, he 's saying that uh, he was exonerated from. Uh, the commissioner's report, and he had no knowledge of this, and so there's just so much that we just wanted to just watch baseball games, and that's all Astros fans want to do. That way, we can kind of start to heal, and then that was taken away from us that uh, during a spring training Thursday, and just a day that wasn't an off day for the Astros. uh, It just changed the whole season.
0: You know, and I guess kind of Thinking about, especially you know the the Astros, I kind of think one kind of moving away from their narrative, right? Obviously, the whole cheating and all you know all this stuff going on, and the you know having Manfred involved and just all this noise, right? Just getting back to the baseball element of it, how do you think losing Cole impacts the team? And you know, how do you like the pitching situation going into the season, or whenever the season starts, I should say.
2: I would like it a lot better if Justin Verlander didn't hurt his groin, but um, I think he'll be fine by time spring training starts, which is probably not going to be maybe until May. And that, if that happens, it's going to be in front of empty stadiums. But I think the Astros rotation have enough pieces to kind of piece together what, uh, what they're they're not, never going to have that 2019 rotation. That was a dynamic one, and you're not going to get that back. Even the 2018 rotation was pretty good. But I think that getting Lance McCullers back, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully this shutdown is not going to cause him to uh, try too hard when he tries to start back up. We'll see what Jose Arquiti can do. Uh, Josh James, this is his first chance to become a starter. But I think it's all eyes are going to be on Zach Greenke. Which Zach Rinky are we going to get? Are we going to get the one who was awesome with the Diamondbacks or the one who was so-so but pretty good with the Astros? We need the guy who was with the Diamondbacks and the former ace. Uh, We just need him to step up. But this rotation is good. It'll be better when Justin Verlander is back in it. But I think the Astros have the depth right now to go um, win a whole lot of games. But uh, the trade deadline is probably going to be – a big key to see where the Astros are and if they need to go add another piece, if there's going to be a trade deadline, we don't even know if there's going to be a season at this point.
0: Yeah. I think that's the toughest part where we're all kind of uh, stuck in limbo and, you know, kind of, and for the, at least going back to the Houston Rockets, you know, it, it sucks for them to be kind of in this limbo period. And it's kind of a catch 22 because the Rockets being one of the older teams in the league, it's kind of great that they're getting this, uh, this, uh, I guess, unprecedented time off. This little, you know, mid-season vacation kind of uh, to to rest up, to heal any nagging injuries, that kind of thing. But at the same time, they had just fully committed to, you know, small ball, and now you know, we're kind of in this limbo period where they were, you know, they were really high for a little bit there, six game win streak. Then they had the four, four games that they lost in a row. And thankfully they won against the Timberwolves right before the NBA season got shut down because if they had not won against the T-Wolves, I do not know what would have happened uh, regarding, you know, Rockets fans and they would have been super down in the dumps, riding a five game losing streak into an NBA hiatus. Um, Cody, I'm, I'm sure you've got plenty of thoughts on this. What would, you know, how are you feeling about small ball so far?
1: Um, to be honest, I have mixed emotions about this Rockets small ball situation because you're looking at a team where it's going to – to me, it's going to come down to the 50-50 balls. And getting rebounds is going to be a key priority of that. And for Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets to push out a lineup where your starting center is 6-5 and P.J. Tucker – it's kind of concerning. And the, and for me, the only way I feel this small ball lineup will work is if they shoot over, if they shoot at least 40% from behind the arc in every single game. And that was part of the reason why they went on that. I believe it was a seven game winning streak early in February, if I'm not, if I'm correct.
0: Uh, I want to say was was it seven game? I don't think they hit a seven game win streak in February. Off the top of my head, uh, they had the six game win streak that was in March, February. I don't want to say with I don't want to say they hit seven, but I'm also going right off the top of my head. So yeah,
1: me too. I know they I know they had a win streak. Um, I can't remember what month it was, but right when they announced that they was going going small ball and they had that winning streak. If you look back at the numbers, they, they were shooting really good from behind the arc. And that is the best part about them going small ball. But at the end of the day, when you take a look at that four-game losing streak that they had, they was getting our rebound. Teams were, was, was killing them inside the paint. And I'm just sitting there like, man, this is not looking good. And to me, for Mike D'Antoni to sit there and say that, you know, if they get our rebound, he's okay with that. I'm like, dude a lot of teams who has the ability to win a championship, a lot of them do not move on to the next round due to the inability of getting rebounds. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but I just watched the documentary, the Rockets released a couple of days ago for the 2008 for that 2018 that won 22 straight games. Yeah. Was when, about, when
0: the, the documentary uh, "Win amazing happened for the yes. game win streak. Yeah. If
1: you had if you have not seen that, Please go. It's on. It's on their YouTube page. But the year before, in two thousand seven, when they lost against the Utah Jazz in Game Seven, the last three minutes of the game, I remember the reason why they lost is because they got out rebound. And for him to sit there and say that, I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And then to make matters even worse, I actually did a small film review on the Rocky Small Ball, and to me. I kind of feel like small ball goes hinders James Harden's ability to play up to the MVP candidate that he was. Because to me, I saw a different James Harden because when you had a guy like Clint Capella, it made Harden a little bit more dangerous when he had the ball in his hand. Because when Harden has the ball in the hand with a guy like Clint Capella, you have to commit if you play on him, he's going to go right past you and either do his and one layup or throw the lob to Capella. But without Capella back there, and without a lob threat, you can basically double down on James Harden when he's driving to the basket because you no longer have that third option. And to me, that is part of the reason why we saw a bit of a decline after the All-Star break. But like I say, the only way I could see this working is if the Rockets shoot 40% from behind the arc and just outscore their, their opponent.
2: Yeah, wasn't it last year that the uh officials stopped calling a lot of fouls especially on James Harden and uh so they're struggling a little bit there but my question for you Jackson is uh looking at the uh, the leader in the Western Conference which is the Lakers uh let's say that the uh, the Rockets get to a point where they face the Lakers are they do they have enough size or ability to beat that team?
0: You know, I think one of the things that makes small ball unique, kind of how Cody touched base on, you know, saying that basically if they're shooting, say, you know, throw out a number 40% from behind the arc, that makes them really hard to beat. You know, you shoot 40% from behind the arc against any team, it's going to make you really, really tough to beat. But The Rockets and their small ball kind of scheme, we've already seen it once against the Lakers. We should have been able to see it twice, but then the season got canceled right before the Lakers game. Side note, I bought a 60-inch TV specifically because I had a really small TV in my living room, and I was like, you know what? I really want to be able to watch this Lakers game, invite some guys over. It's going to be the biggest matchup of the year so far. And then the season got canceled. So I haven't even been able to watch a Rockets game on my brand new TV. Go get a refund. Right, No, No, I, I still like the TV, but like, you know, anyways, so back to the Lakers angle, right? We saw them beat the Lakers fresh off of the Robert Covington trade. So literally the day the trade was consummated, Robert Covington's first game as a Houston Rocket in L.A., and we saw them handle the Lakers. And what we saw in that game was we actually saw the Lakers play small ball a little bit, too. And that was the thing that really, I think defined how this matchup would look in the playoffs is who was going to bend first. Were the Lakers going to just stay big with uh, JaVale and Dwight and AD at the four and just try to hammer the ball into the paint as much as possible? We saw that for stretches during that game. But then what we also saw is we saw the Lakers go small and we saw them run AD at the five. I think Kuzma spent some time technically at the five or LeBron or whoever you want to call it was the five in that game. But there was some time without Dwight or JaVale on the court in that matchup, which is that that's essentially the Lakers version of going small. And I think that was kind of you could see that Frank Vogel or you can make the joke that LeBron is actually the coach, whatever. Um, you know you could see that they were trying to decide how they wanted to match up with Houston and i think that's going to be an issue for not just the lakers but any team moving moving forward is do you sacrifice what your team is good at whether that be post play or having you know a a pair of bigs in the game or whatever do you sacrifice what your team is good at to try and match what the rockets are doing or do you kind of dig your heels into the ground and stick to what your team is known for and I think at the end of the day, the Rockets playing small ball is going to force a lot of other teams to change how they play the game stylistically. And I think that will play into the, into the Rockets favor over a seven game series. Plus things like Cody mentioned the rebounding and the, you know, the energy and kind of the 50-50 balls and stuff. The good news about the playoffs is you're not playing any back-to-backs. You will have Russell Westbrook available for every single game. Guys won't be, you know, exhausted on the second night of a back-to-back trying to scrap for these loose balls or these rebounds over bigger players. And I think that kind of plays into their hands, you know, at least – a bit better in the in a playoff environment than it does in the regular season. And, again, we've seen the highs and lows in the regular season. We saw a six-game win streak. We saw a four-game losing streak. So we've seen the best, of, the best and the worst of small balls so far.
1: Hey, JT, let me ask you this, though. In a seven-game series with the Rockets going full out on small ball, let's say if they were to play matchup against the Lakers or the Clippers, would you be confident in them moving on to the next round? knowing that in a playoffs that teams actually have more time to double down and actually game plan
0: for the rocket small ball lineup. You know, in that regard, I, and here's, here's the thing is I'm not fully convinced yet. And I've asked this question too, uh, Cody mm-hmm. kind of to some other guys is, you know, and I, and I draw this example back to the uh, the Eastern conference finals last year with, uh, Kawhi against Giannis and the Bucks, and how the Raptors were able to better game plan against Giannis than any other team had that season. They were able to kind of shrink the floor and really make things difficult for him. So by that same extension, yeah. If, if a team is facing the Rockets in a seven game series, you know, are they going to be able to better game plan for small ball a little bit? Yes. But at the, at the end of the day, it's just, too difficult to try and contain both of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So much so to the point that you're either going to have to rely on Westbrook and or Harden to have a bad game in addition to the shooters also having a bad night. And that's what's going to stop teams or that's what's going to allow teams to beat the Rockets is basically the Rockets beating themselves. You know, they generate the most wide open three point shots out of the across the entire NBA. So that that aspect isn't changing. So it's all up to shooters to hit their shots. And it's up to James Harden and Russell Westbrook to generate those shots. And I still don't quite see a way and again, I've posed this question to a number of different guys, I don't really see a way that NBA teams are suddenly going to be able to take that away in the playoffs, just because they are playing the same team, you know, three, four, five, six, or even seven games in a row. I don't see how you know they suddenly go from the regular season giving up those wide open threes to the playoffs where suddenly there isn't really a switch that they can necessarily flip those wide open shots are still going to be there it's just up to the rockets to actually make them i guess moving away from some of the like x's and, x's and o's or the you know the the roster focus points of you know the texans the astros and the rockets one thing for me, guys, what like what do you guys miss most about sports? What has been paining you guys without any live sports going on?
2: It's hard to find stuff to do on the phone. It's like, okay, well, um, I'm supposed to look at what's going on with the Astros, and then um, I can't do that. I used Instagram to promote the show, and I was the Lockdown MLB um, s- social media manager for a little bit there, and I was doing all this other stuff, and now I look at my phone, I'm like, okay, do something. <laughs> like, uh, what is this for? Uh, oh, I'm supposed to call my wife. Oh, uh, I need text the kids to get back to work. But it, it just, I guess it's a distraction. A lot of times, a lot of people are dealing with stuff and sports has always just been a distraction for me. Uh, that's why I started watching the Astros a long time ago, just because I enjoyed just being able to sit there and just watch the game and just enjoy. It. And people are like, isn't baseball so boring? Uh, There's so much time in between pitches and it's just not like the uh, NBA where there's up and down the court. And I'm like, no, I, I like that. I like to be able to pause and then watch something, but it just, there's nothing really much to do except for Netflix. I've got stars for the rest of the week so I can catch up on power. But other than that, it's just weird.
1: Yeah, as for me, um, I just missed the pure entertainment of it. You know, we just being here in Houston, you talk about, you know, there was the entertainment aspects from the Rocket side of things where you're looking at, you know, can they win with the small ball lineup? And as for the Houston Astros, I was ready to talk some mad crap at the end of this season. Had the Astros turned around and won another World Series after this bogus cheating scandal. <laughs> it was it, just in Houston alone, there was a lot of storylines between the Rockets and the Astros. I'm not going to mention the Texans right now, only due to the fact that all of this happened at um during the offseason. Um, but you know, just just. The entertainment aspects of it, even when you take a look out outside of Houston, um, you see what's going on with the Los Angeles Dodgers who actually went out and traded for Mookie Becks. I was actually excited to see how, that, how good that team is going to be. A team in the Dodgers, I don't understand how you make the World Series every single year, in, in, well, other than last year, and you always find, find a way to just blow your chances. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. How many times has the Los Angeles Dodgers finished atop top of their conference and failed to win a World Series?
2: Well, I know, two off the top of my head. And, uh, of course, that is the uh, year the Astros cheated in, 19, in 2017 and then in <laughs> uh, the 2018 when the Red Sox cheated. So that's their whole uh, game plan is to basically say, well, you should give us the world champions in 17 and 18. And my, my thoughts are, why? Why would you want that? You didn't earn it. If you, if you would have <laughs> beat the Astros and uh, Clayton Kershaw wouldn't do what Clayton Kershaw normally does. But uh, that is the whole narrative for the Dodgers is that they had two World Series stolen from them and they want it back. And unfortunately, MLB is not going to just give it back. They, they don't have the authority to go back in time and change. Uh, they're not Marty McFly and Doc. Uh, You can't just go back in time and change things, okay? So I let it go. I know there were supposed to be a whole bunch of people coming down in Houston to boo the Astros on opening day. That's not going to happen anymore. But after all the uh, dust has settled from this health crisis, I'm sure all the focus will be back on the Astros again. You know, I really
0: miss—I genuinely miss like the camaraderie that you get with sports too. And again, like I, I Rockets Twitter is just is one—it's—it's a—it's a great and sometimes horrible place. But <laughs> um, you know, and there's obviously a lot of overlap between Rockets Twitter, you know, people, and then all you know, Astros Twitter, Texans Twitter. You know, there's a lot of people that are fans of all three teams and not exclusively just one of them. And but I think that's one of the things that I miss the most is, you know, whether it was game day, you know, I'm waking up and I'm like, OK, the Rockets are playing, you know, the, the Bucks later tonight OK, what's what have the previous matchups looked like? Let me send out some game day stats from my Twitter account um, and then tweeting during games and just kind of communicating with other fans and kind of, um, you know, whether it's a great play that happened on the court or whether there's something horrible with the officiating or just whatever, you know, all of that, being able to have this sense of community, which is why. Uh, we started, so Ben DuBose and I basically started doing these, uh, rockets rewatch parties and we're actually having one, uh, Wednesday evening. So as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, we'll be doing, uh, we will have had, you yeah, know, we'll have had podcasts are weird. Um, we'll have had a, our second installation of the rockets rewatch party as we are going to be doing the, uh, game seven against the Phoenix Suns from back in 1995, the kiss of death from Mario Ellie. And so trying to instill a bit of that community feel back to, you know, what has been absent basically since live sports have been canceled and, you know, postponed or on hiatus or whatever you want to call it. And I think that to me is one of the biggest elements of what's been going on is you're missing out on some of that camaraderie and community feeling. Uh, But back to the whole uh, cheating and, you know, no, you can Astros. go on. Well, no, because I, I, I wanted to go back to that because as soon as you guys brought it up, it, it made me think of how Bill Simmons slammed not only the Rockets but also the Astros in his Ringer podcast. Like, and I don't, I just don't understand why Bill Simmons has such a hard on for hating Houston sports teams. He just hates it here. Like, he hates the city of Houston, and it's pretty hilarious, honestly.
2: Yeah, it's just weird with all the three teams making. Uh, well, the Astros kind of brought it on themselves a few years ago, but then the Texans trading DeAndre, and then uh, the Rockets uh, going to small ball. It just there's been a lot of changes in Houston, and it just it's just a weird time. And uh, yeah, Astros Twitter can be weird, and this is the one time where I feel like everybody's instead of fighting each other, or arguing with each other, they're having to defend off the. Dodgers fans and the Yankees fans and all that stuff but yeah it's just it's just weird how um if you would ask maybe in November or maybe October or September uh would both would all the uh the Texans the Rockets and Astros have a successful 2020 I would say yes but at this point it's it's there's a there's a lot of question marks surrounding all three teams if I had
0: to try and figure this out, I guess kind of the Dodgers kind of have to be there, I think, or unless I'm mistaken. Yeah. But if, if you had to sit, pick the Astros, like let's say number one and number two rivalries, who are you naming?
2: Well, and I, I want to, and say- I want to go,
0: and I want to go through all three teams here and I want to get a consensus. Okay. So we'll start with Astros first.
2: Okay, uh, well, there's always been, a, since the Astros moved to the American League, there's definitely been a rivalry between the um, the Rangers and the Astros. Um, I think you'd have to add the Yankees to the list, but we got to go old school, and it's either the Cardinals or the Braves. I remember all those um, days in the 90s uh, when we played those, and they knocked us out of playoffs, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of changed a little bit, especially with the change in division, but I would say the Red Sox, but the Red Sox are kind of irrelevant at this point, and they don't really matter. But um, yeah, I would say it's probably Yankees number one right now, uh, just because they're in-state rivals. I would say the Rangers, and then either one of the Cardinals or the Braves from the '90s.
0: And what do we got for Texans rivals, Cody? <laughs> how are you? How are you going to stack this one up? Um, it depends.
1: You know, um, when well, I thought we was going to be a Championship contending team headed into 2020. I I really thought that it was going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, just due to the fact that this is a team that the AFC is going to go through them. One, they have Patrick Mahomes, two, they won the Super Bowl. But since I don't see them as a contending team headed into the 2020 season, um,
0: I would personally say it just goes back to the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. Okay, I can, I can buy those. And, and here's the thing, though, too, and there's, there's the, I mean, everybody's always going to hate Dallas, right, like regardless. So oh, that's, yeah, most I definitely. Mean, but is that really a rivalry or is that just like a hatred? I mean, it's, but it's, it's, it's there, right? Yeah, most definitely. Like, that is a given robbery.
1: That, that's, it's mostly a city robbery because just like Astros versus Rangers, you definitely know Rockets versus Mavericks and Cowboys and
0: Texans. It's a rivalry. It's a, it's a Texans rivalry. You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade those Texas rivalries for anything. Honestly, I think, you know, especially the I-45 one, you know, because San Antonio at some at times, especially right. Cause it's just, it's just the Spurs over there in San Antonio. There's a, like, there's a different level of like, honestly like mutual respect between like mm-hmm. I feel like the Rockets and Spurs versus the Rockets and Mavericks and it's just nah screw the Mavericks so um, <laughs> the Mavs definitely have to be on that list for Rockets fans as far as Uh, you're right. That's, that is a city rivalry and much less a sports team rivalry. Although with the, you know, with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis and the Mavs being, you know, one of the hot up and coming teams in the Western conference, that very well could be a rekindled rivalry, you know, in the future years. But I think it's got to be it absolutely has to be the golden state warriors and it has to be <laughs> the utah jazz those are the two teams oh, that there's man. so much history between those teams in, in recent years with the rockets and warriors and then the utah jazz rivalry goes back decades i mean that thing stretches all the way back to the 90s then the late 2000s teams where the oh, rockets got bounced up. out oh, i know just just up. rockets yeah. getting bounced out of the first round twice back to back years by the jazz and then the rockets turn around and in previous you know in the last couple seasons have bounced the jazz out a couple times times in a row. So it's just, I feel like those are the two teams for Rocket Stans, the Warriors and the Jazz that are like legitimate rivalries right now. I hate the Utah
1: Jazz with a passion. <laughs> I, I I to be honest, you know, the fact that I grew up a Rocket fan nearly all my life. I moved to Houston when I was like nine to ten. I believe I hate the Jazz more than any other sports franchise. In history, the pain that I went through in 2007 and 2008, when they eliminated my Rockets with T Mac and Yao, JT, I have I have yet to get over that.
0: I have yet to get over that 2007 series. Those were those were some those were some painful games, and I I will never forget T Mac. You know, at the podium in the second, I cried, I cried, and just you know, he goes, I. I I did my best and then just walks off and oh my goodness. That was, those are, those are dark times. Um, but look here, I don't want to end on a sad note. That's, that's not how we're going to end this podcast, (laughs) but, and and I already get So Eric, I gave Cody a bit of a preview of this earlier on, but I want, I have this hypothetical. Okay. And I don't know what's on the line here. We'll say, you know what we'll say you get to pick one of these three scenarios. And if you pick the scenario that say your, your, your person wins, whatever you get a million bucks. All right. There that's, that's the scenario. So million dollars on the line and you have to pick who you think has the better shot of accomplishing this thing. You got James Harden down two, 15 seconds left on the clock. You got Watson down one touchdown and it's first and goal or the games tied two outs bottom on the ninth. And you got Altuve at the plate who are you picking for a million dollars
2: um i guess with his consistency uh, i would have to probably go um i would probably have to go altuve just because i think that we saw what he did in the last year versus yankees and uh where how he had the presence of mind to keep his jersey together so uh, people didn't see the wires and everything but i i just <laughs> i just think that uh that he's just Built for that, but so is James Harden at the same time. So, but I'll have to go out to all right. So, you're taking out out of that, Cody. Who do you got? Man, it's save me for last, man. Okay, all, okay, three all right. these Cody, guys
0: have the go. clutch gene. <laughs> all right, you can all right, fine. You can go last. That's fair. You know what, then and this is this is this is tough for me. I'm you know, I really because you're right, all three of them they got that clutch <laughs> gene, they've got that X factor, they you know, but. I'm really, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with my man, James Harden and I have to. And you know, I, I, I pick him because I, you know, I this situation that I got drafted up down to 15 seconds off from the clock. The only image that is coming to my mind is him drilling the overtime winning uh, three pointer over <laughs> Clay Thompson and Draymond green. And I cannot. I to this day. I think that is my favorite game-winning shot of all time. Currently, I think there's there's no other shot, at least in my time, my you know my existence, being able to remember sports, you know, since I was a young child. There has not been a better game winner for me as a Rockets fan than that one. So if I've got a million dollars riding on one of those three guys to make something happen at the end of a game, I'm going with the beard. I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah, you're up, man. You're 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 up at the plate. (laughs) Man. It's like L2V. <laughs> hey,
1: first and foremost, that was by far one of my favorite moments in Houston sports history when L2V hit that home run to send the Astros into the World Series. I love that by the way. But I'm only picking this because you guys pick your respective teams. So I'm gonna go with. Sean Watson. Lame, I, I, mean, nah, nah, I, I, I have to. Uh, I have to. Okay, um, all right. I, like I say, it's a tough question. I I personally do feel it doesn't matter if it's Altuve, if it's Harden, or if it's Watson. We're 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 good. We're going to get our money regardless because these are three guys who always step up when the stakes are at its highest, and they always create something out of nothing. I've seen every single one of these guys literally hit game winners. And, you know, just, just the feeling I'm getting, just thinking about the times I've seen all three of these guys play, man. It's Like I said, it's a tough one, but I'm going to go with Deshaun since his name hasn't been said, and you got to put some respect on my man name. Oh, I com- guess
2: we have to see you in the Super Bowl first, right?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean. Eric, this is, this, is a
0: Houston, this is a Locked on Houston podcast. I know, I know I'm Houston, just Houston. Hey, it's it's okay. Oh, man.
1: It's okay, because I guarantee you when we win the Super Bowl, we're not gonna have no kind of cheating scandal
0: attached to our name. That's all oh, I gotta mean, say. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, I guess I guess that's as good a note as any to wrap things up for. So now I didn't I didn't drop the uh, you know our usual Twitter handles at the top. So I'll let you guys do that. And so we'll go Cody first, and then Eric next.
1: Yes, sir. Once again, I am Cody Davis, and please follow me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because my man Kobe Bryant is the GOAT.
2: All right, you can find me at Eric Talk Astros, and you can find the show at Locked On Astros. And right now we're doing the best seasons in Astros franchise history. Uh, we just did 1986 yesterday. Uh, I was like seven years old, so I don't remember much, but it was still a good show.
0: And if you guys want to follow me for more Rockets content, you guys can catch me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And, of course, the show is on Twitter at Locked on rockets. Right now we're doing all sorts of creative stuff, trying to find ways to fill this content drought for the Rockets we just did. Uh, today's show was the greatest Rockets defenders post-2000s, kind of building a Mount Rushmore. So the four best Rockets defenders after the year 2000. So all sorts of creative, fun stuff like that going on in the show and I think that's kind of where we'll wrap things up for today, right, guys? Anything else you guys want to include? Oh no, I'm good. Um,
2: this was very fun. We should do this again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I like that, and I didn't really mean that Super Bowl thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, we're all there. We're all, we'll, there. You know, we're all there with
0: you. <laughs> slander is fun sometimes. So sometimes you gotta yeah. you gotta slander your own teams. That's that's a thing. Um, but as always, you know, just appreciate you guys being able to take the time to do this. It was definitely really fun, and we'll absolutely be able to put something together like this again soon. Yes, sir. Sounds good. You are Locked On Texan. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day.